Hi, and welcome to Today in the Medium. I'm Dan, and this is Jimmy. Hey there. And this is a podcast where we ask a guest about their favourite ever piece of media. You know, that could be a TV show, that could be a film, or that could be a rally car advertisement. So, guest, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and introduce us to your favourite piece of medium? Hi, I'm Stevie Johnson. Uh, My favourite piece of medium is Blue Hawaii, which is a film by Elvis Presley. Nice. So, why did you choose to pick uh, Blue Hawaii? Um... I, I just grew up with it. When I was a kid, Dad used to love listening to Elvis, uh, you know, his songs. And then suddenly one night he came back with these three Elvis movies. And the first one we watched was Blue Hawaii. And I'll be honest, I was hooked on it. Beautiful scenery, fantastic songs. What more can you ask for? Well, that's very true. I mean, it was, uh, it's filmed in Hawaii, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. It just looks nice. I've really, I always wanted to go to Hawaii. Oh, honestly, it's on the bucket list. I can't wait yeah. to go. <laughs> can't blame you. And that is uh, definitely due to this film. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we don't really need a spoiler warning for the film, considering it's been out since while it what sixty six. Uh, sixty one. Sixty one. Even yeah. better. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Hawaii's got this sort of past with uh, films and things because there's quite famously the Five O effect from Hawaii Five O, the original TV series, and even the 2010 reboot. Um, you know, I'm something of an expert on Hawaii Five O, having watched all ten <laughs> seasons of the uh, reboot as it declined in quality drastically. But You've I, outdone yourself there watching all ten seasons. I really yeah. enjoy it. I genuine love a bit of terrible TV and. I've got to be honest, my sort of view when I was watching, I didn't even watch the full film. I started, and then I ended up watching some various clips and things. There was some very beautiful scenery. There was, you know, like, looks-wise, it was great. But also, film-wise, it was. it felt to me very much like just a vehicle for people to watch Elvis topless as he, you know, teaches people to surf and flirts his way around Hawaii. True, but, <laughs> I mean, what else do you want to see? Like, yeah, I think that's real. a valid point. Elvis, <laughs> Elvis, when he was in his peak, surfing and gorgeous scenery. You know, you can't ask for more than that. That's true. Maybe, you know, it's modern society putting all this emphasis on, you know, storytelling and plot lines. Maybe that's what's <laughs> wrong with the world. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought it was pretty interesting that you picked, like, the Elvis films and specifically Blue Hawaii rather than what many people might have picked if they were going to pick Elvis and bring him on the pod the music. True. True. It is. it is an interesting choice, but, you know, you hear the music every day, and I'd like to say that if I turned around to, I don't know, any one of my friends next week and went, have you seen Blue Hawaii? And they'd go, what's that? And you'd say, oh, it's an Elvis film. And they go, that was a thing? It's something that not everybody's seen, but 
you know, I, I'd, I'd recommend. It, yeah. Fantastic films, I think. I think what's uh, interesting about it as well is the um, the album that was created, obviously, Lou Hawaii, uh, was his most successful chart album. It had 20 consecutive weeks at number one. Oh, now that's yeah. a stop. That's yeah. a uh, fact I didn't know. There you go. It also okay. spent 79 weeks in the chart just full stop, which is genuinely impressive. That's like over a full year in the charts, thinking about that it. Is, that's genuinely that's, good. That's mad. Yeah, crazy. Good I mean, going. Fair, there are some bangers on it. You know, like Can't Help Falling in Love. What a yeah. tune. Yeah. Great film, great soundtrack. So what I thought was interesting looking at the sort of timings and things. Obviously, Elvis was pumping out films. Uh, he, an insane amount of films came out, a lot of who which uh, weren't particularly critically regarded as amazing, but were hugely popular with Elvis fans, which at the time was, you know, pretty much everyone. Uh, what I thought was interesting is there's a set of awards in Hollywood, the Golden Apples, I believe they are, that are delivered by the or were delivered by this um I think it's the Women's Press of Hollywood or some agency or another, based on how easy an actor or actress was to work with. And in at least nineteen sixty and possibly nineteen sixty six as well, Elvis received the Rotten Apple Award, which is specifically Ooh. given to actors that are difficult to work with. Um but, like there were in, there were a number of issues with the films. Like he also was banned from Mexico for a fair while after two consecutive films had riots at their release. So <laughs> uh, at least one of the films set in Mexico, they had to use a body double for all of the scenes in Mexico, and then edit him in because he wasn't allowed or he wasn't like legally protected if he were to enter Mexico, because of the amount of rioting that had been caused by his sort of fame and success. Amazing. That's insane. I actually love that, though. That's that's such a, like, a fun fact to have. Like... I, can you imagine being, like, barred from a country that you need to film in? I just think it's crazy how much impact, like, Elvis had. Like... As an individual, even the tiniest action he made could genuinely influence, like, millions of people, like, strongly. So strongly. Obviously, like, even being a celebrity now, a celebrity endorsement to a certain product is worth millions and billions of pounds and genuinely influences so many people. But Elvis, I don't know if it was just because he was early on in this sort of thing, but... He had so much sort of influence and say around everything that went on. No, definitely. Like, um, I think, especially with music, right? If you look at like influential artists over the past kind of eighty years, like he's in the conversation. He's up there with the Beatles. Do you know what I mean? I, th I yeah. genuinely like yeah. over all the Christmas songs that come along. There is always, you know, there's always "Love Me Tender." And just all his other good songs. There's always a couple Christmas ones. Lonely this Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it might Blue have Christmas. a sad, sad story to go with it, but 
you know, it's still it's still one of his most popular. Oh yeah, exactly. Like he's he's a seasonal. He's not a seasonal artist. He's what's evergreen artist as well. You know. Yeah, he's there all year round. I think the crazy thing about Elvis's influence is how it really built a lot of the platform. You know, Beatlemania was early, but Elvis Mania was before that, time-wise. Elvis was really structuring and experiencing first a lot of the stuff that, you know, the complete craziness over artists that has come afterwards. Um, It's very difficult not to say that he's probably the most influential artist of all time, just because of how much of what every other artist has done has been based on him. Now, you know, I love to argue for the Spice Girls or Taylor Swift as insanely influential any day of the week, but you can't argue that point when you're arguing against Elvis, who sort of embodies the idea of people being able to go and listen to the music that they want to listen to instead of what their parents are listening to, you know? You you can't argue against the insane level of sort of bringing music to the people that he had. Definitely, definitely. No, I agree, definitely. Um, And obviously that sort of level of insanity sort of goes further. So... (laughs) Yeah, um... I mean, on a basic level, you know, he's so completely mega-influential that, like, even on the back of the DVDs and things for Blue Hawaii, if you look at them now, they don't list the character name of Chad. They just say Elvis, and Elvis's character. Like, no one cares about the storyline. They care that it was an Elvis film. Yeah. I... Genuinely, there's there's scenes in the film where he appears at an airport and you can see crowds of people that shouldn't be there. The scene in the film is, you know, he's it's very early on. He's a GI returning from being in the army to Hawaii to see his... Uh, sort of partner and return to, like, family and all that. And there's crowds of people just, they're trying to pan past, but they can't pan past the hundreds of people that have gone to the airport that day just to see Elvis from hundreds of metres away as he records this film. Another great bit about that is that, like, one of the first scenes when he's getting off the plane, yeah. Um, if you turn the volume like right up, they weren't able to completely cut out all of the screaming fans in the background. So there's just a slight resonation of just a few, like you know, a few hundred thousand fans. It's like, yeah, it's it's crazy. Such a following. So, uh, being such a huge artist, like how how do we feel about him within the film, Stevie? Well, throughout the film. He came across as the the rebellious, doesn't want to do what he's told, you know, doesn't listen to his parents. You know, although he's been in the army at this point and he's effectively grown up, he's done his national service at that point, so he'd be uh, late twenties, early thirties, I'd say, if I if my maths works out right there. So he's portraying a character that's late twenties, 
but still rebelling from his parents like he would if he was, say, 16. Yeah. Uh, ru running away with rogue girls in the middle of the night, you know, it gives that sense of hope to any of the young fans at the time watching, oh, that could be me. Um, yeah. Let, let's, them, let's them dream on about what could happen. I mean, you know, it probably never would, but it's giving that hope to the to the fans that are watching. But then it also appeals to the older generation later on, where he's singing happy birthday to his girlfriend's uh, grandma and, you know, plays a full, full written song for her just off the bat, just, oh, yeah, I'll do this as a birthday present. And, you know, so looking down from an old generation, you can look back and say, huh, what a nice boy. But from the parents' point of view, no matter what they say to their young Chadwick, young Chadwick will not listen. <laughs> Chadwick! Chadwick! I think I think there's a lot of that in uh, Elvis's persona in general, though, isn't there? That sort of not quite rebellion. It's it's a very sort of he he maintains those sort of roots in gospel music and that sort of thing for a long time, but a sort of carving his own path that I think uh, he represents not only in the film but in general, wouldn't you say? He does. He does. I would agree on that. Um, you know, he was, he was quite a, a strange character, if you will, in well, in the sense of life. Although he was a, a rock and go, rock and roll god, one minute, the next minute he's singing sweet love songs. Yeah, you know, getting that from from literally one end to the other, right next to each other on the same album. How many artists can you say do that? And how many artists that do do that? can you say they do it well? That you could happily listen to them being a rock star one second and being the sweet lover whispering in your ear at midnight the next. You can't. I mean, the, no, there's a reason why they called him the king, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know many other artists that have got a similar title. Uh, Prince? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Dan. Touche. You know what? I can't argue with that. <laughs> You've got me there. So yeah, it's it's so he's such a big character. Um, when we were sort of discussing what we might talk about today, you uh, mentioned another couple of his films. Do you think those same sort of themes of sort of respect for your elders, but also carving your own way, uh, that sort of same mix comes through in those as well? Now, I'll be honest, I can't exactly remember what the other two films were that I suggested. I remember those three originally. I can't remember what the other two were off the top of my head, because there's literally that many. Yeah, um, there's 30-odd films, aren't there? Uh, 31. 31 wow. films he released. But, you know, yeah. looking through them, you've got... Uh, Love Me Tender, Jailhouse Rock. But all, all these are films, G.I. Blues, Blue Hawaii, Kid Galahad. So it goes from being in the army to being yeah. your lover to chasing girls to being a boxer to being in the army 
you know, there, there was the as you look across the films, there's a fairly recurring pattern. But it's girls, fights, rock and roll, and then family and loving. And you see that through all of the films. I think especially by this time, I've not written down the exact dates, but obviously Elvis, almost the or at what felt like a peak of his career, paused well, didn't pause his career, but did go off and do his own military service. Um, he did. And did so in as much of a sort of actually going for it away as possible. So he didn't... Um, apparently there were offers for him to do it as a in the special reserves, which would have meant that he spent his service performing for other troops as a sort of morale thing. And he went, no, I'm going to do it as any other sort of man my age would did it properly, yep. but just in the build-up to going, had recorded enough of a backlog to release that throughout the time that he was in the military. But I thought that was really crazy, that even being as, well, the biggest star in the world, probably, at that time, he not only had to pause that career to go and do his military service, but he was so insistent in doing it in a way that didn't set him apart from other people, that he did the same service, he didn't just go and perform he did his service properly whilst also keeping track of his career sort of in the background, that's crazy to me. Yeah 56 he was drafted 1956 he was drafted for his uh, army career and uh he yeah. can't have been uh, back more than a few years by the time he was recording, you know, Blue Hawaii, various other films. Well, the the film King Creole, uh, he actually had to get a written permission from uh, Memphis Draft Board, who were the, the drafting um, agency that brought him into the army. Uh, he had to get written permission from them to actually leave the army to film the, to film it as it had all been booked, paid for, planned, and everything in 1958. So he had to come out of the army, film that, and then straight back in. Wow, that's insane! Can you imagine if they well, turned around and said no? <laughs> well, I think there'd have been a lot of angry people coming after them. <laughs> you can say that again. Um. So, the 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 man. The myth, the legend, <laughs> obviously did a lot of insane stuff in his life. He broke so many, sort of, broke new ground in so many ways. But there's been some weird conspiracies since then. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I was trying to do a bit of research about the films and things, and you almost can't Google Elvis without stumbling upon someone who's cited him somewhere, or doesn't believe he's truly dead, or some variation. There's some crazy stuff out there. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But then again, you think about it, any of the legends, there's always going to be someone that says, ah, oh, that's not actually happened. But, like you say, I think Elvis is probably the most prolific, where there's been that many fans turning around saying, no, we don't believe it. 
So many people saying they've still seen him. So many people claiming he never died in the first place. Um, just to sort of kick us off, I've, I've got a little game. I'm not sure that I've got that many rounds of it, because I opened a lot of uh, tabs. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to read you the description of a Reddit post in slash r slash conspiracy. <laughs> I want you to, to guess what, the, what it is. So, it seems outrageous when you first hear about it, but when you look into it, it looks more realistic. I don't know what year it will happen, but it's a very good chance that it will happen this year. Now, this was submitted one year ago by user EKAFC. What, what do we think the theory is? Is, is this is related to Elvis? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. That uh, he's going to release a new album. Oh, that's a good shout. It's not that. Do you right? Um, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. Go on. Come Here's on, give, give us your best. Give us your <laughs> wildest guess. Right. Okay. Come on. Hit me with. Hit me with the line again, so I can. I'll take it fully in this time. Seems outrageous when you first hear about it, but when you look into it, it looks more realistic. I don't know what year it will happen, but there's a very good chance it will happen this year. And this was submitted one year ago. Oh, right. Submitted a year ago. It seems more and more likely that it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't like the way that he's worded that to begin with, right? So when he's talking... Sorry, I won't get into the grammar of the whole post. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> um... See, I think that definitely fits with album. And when you say like it looks more and more realistic, what is I it? mean, I've got. I'd love Go the on. post to just be Elvis is going to release a new album. <laughs> the title oh, like, of this is it... post oh, is no. that Elvis is going to rise from the Space Needle in Seattle on Trump's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible! No. Oh gosh, oh. that's impressive. Um, it... Right, that's the level that we're playing at, it seems. That, I think that's the wildest one. I just really wanted okay. to start. I'm trying to find a good way to tease this one, because this is mostly YouTube links. Um, so this is a conspiracy you will have heard about. Uh, there's a YouTube that explores these conspiracies. Look how creepy the footages are, though. These things are everywhere and they're not thoroughly explored upon. So, not not a very detailed description, but it's a, the it's, it's a conspiracy theory you will have heard about. Elvis was kidnapped by aliens? Nope. I was thinking Elvis robot AI, to be honest with you. Ooh. I'm afraid that this is the uh, buried rept reptilians. Uh, <laughs> the three celebrities listed in the title are Chris Brown, Elvis Presley, and The Queen. I believe this is in reference to the classic theory, <laughs> you know, as a secret reptilian race that lives underneath the surface of the Earth. And but Dan, there is. Secretly controlling us. There's not a conspiracy. I'm, I'm afraid that we may have to kick you off this podcast if you continue <laughs> with that talk. Now, not to say that we're members of the media, but, you know, this is on Spotify right now. <laughs> Can't be uh, making outrageous Nobody claims will like ever that. Know. <laughs> the Spotify CEO is going to be ringing us up in a second. Oh, hang on, I've just got a text. Why did you tell them? Why did you tell them? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. 
Sounds can't, like you're can't in for a full say one. things like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. This is a third one. It's not got a ton of information. It's, it's fairly. It's it's still a little bit mad. Um. Oh. Let me have a look. Okay. So. <laughs> Lisa Marie Trump was sold to Michael Jackson at Trump <laughs> Tower when Trump not only bragged about Michael Jackson's libido spending the weekend moving in with Lisa, but allowing them to marry on his property as well as hide out during their honeymoon. It's relating to Elvis. What, what's the conspiracy theory? Oh... Uh, nope, got me on that one. No, I'm stumped as well. Lisa Marie Trump was sold to Michael Jackson as Lisa Marie Presley at Trump Tower when Trump not only bragged about Michael Jackson's libido, spending the weekend moving in with Lisa, but allowing them to marry on his property as well as hiding out during their honeymoon. Don't, it's got to be something like Elvis Presley's Donald Trump or something, surely. That, that that's part of it. Oh no! <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like his Elvis original, make a much better president. <laughs> <laughs> like his original persona, Elvis Presley. We are about to see a highly publicized live stream death of an icon. Donald Trump will fake his death for the second time, ending his current persona just like he did the original character. With all eyes zoned in on him, <laughs> <laughs> prove Donald Trump is not Elvis Presley. <laughs> I love well, that statement so much. You can apply that to anything. Like, just prove I'm not Batman, though. You know? Uh, well, that is not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen me and Batman in the same room? No, didn't think so. <laughs> No, but I have seen you walk into numerous items of furniture. <laughs> okay, right, that's, a, yeah, that's a good point. Hey, so maybe it's a ruse, you know. Ray eyes on. Pardon? Well, you said about Superman and you in the same room, didn't you? <laughs> well, you know, exactly. <laughs> who knows? Who knows who I am? <laughs> so, yeah, the, that, that, was, that was some of my favourites. Absolute mad stuff. Uh, without even going too deep into the sort of he's still alive, the various potential uh, people who he could have turned out to be. Uh, On that note, what do yeah. you guys think? Do you think he still is? No. I, no. I... Do you think he was after they said he was dead? In seven... No, Just I think... Degree. I mean, there was a few, like, mildly weird things about it, wasn't there, right? But, uh, like, obviously the fact that the, um, what was it, the autopsy report wasn't, like, publicly available. Yeah. And stuff like that. It was just, a, it was a bit weird, but I think that that was down to tenancy law more than anything else at the time, right? Um, I think, 
I, I just can't get behind it. There's a whole thing about humans looking for patterns, because that's what we're good at. So when an event seems big to us, we look for a big explanation, which is why conspiracy theories are often very popular. An event like the pandemic, for instance, seems very big. It's had a huge impact on people. So pattern-wise, we look for a big explanation other than just pandemics happen sometimes. And, like, Elvis's death was huge. He was such a big figure. Like, his death was did seem like a huge thing. And it's very difficult to just write that off as people die sometimes, especially if they're, you know, not living the healthiest lifestyle. Drunkards, overweight. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, by, like, towards the end of his, um, like before, towards the end of his life, when he was still performing and things like that, like he was barely able to sing, for given the level of like obesity that he had, and obviously the amount of issues, and obviously they found I think it was seven different types of prescribed drugs in his system. Exactly. Yeah. So like, like it's gonna do a bit of damage after time. I, I, as much as I do believe there are things that you know are hidden from public view and blah blah blah, I don't hugely see what anyone other than, you know, perhaps Elvis himself would have to gain from faking his death and then creating this whole theory. And I'm not really convinced that, you know, if he... The the amount of people that would have to be in on it just to produce the various evidence is insane. Uh, it's, it's not a conspiracy I can hugely get behind, but there are some really sort of weird things that people are coming out with. Um, Look, the way I look at it is that, you know, his first, I don't know when his first hit was, but, you know, it was, it was way before 57, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And he turned 21 in 1957. So you got to think, being so young... And constantly in the public image being chased, photographed. I understand it's more difficult today, but you know, oh, I can... to any artist or anything today, but you've got to think if you're in that position, after a while, wouldn't you just want to be like, right, go away, I just want to be me? Oh, I can absolutely yeah. understand that sort of urge to get away from it. But Yeah, you I'm... just want to drop off the face of the drop off the face of the world and just exist as a normal person. But I also think in the, what, 44 years? He died in 77? That's 44 years ago. Someone, whether or not, you know, he's still alive today or whatever, 44 years is a long time for a secret that would require so many people at various stages to be quiet. Oh. I... I, I... <laughs> Doesn't seem like it to me. <laughs> no, but but I do I do believe that you know it, by now he'd have, he'd have long gone to his grave. God yeah. rest his soul. But oh yeah, definitely by now. I do believe that for at least some years after he was pronounced dead and everyone was heartbroken, I do believe for some years after that he was actually still alive and that he probably was just hiding. Hiding out of the way of people. Yeah. You know? If there was going to be a reason for it, I think that that would definitely be the reason why, surely. 
Well, there was some interesting stuff out there um, about that sort of level of fame and him being uncomfortable with it because uh, apparently he had a twin who died at birth and there's a lot of theories that both twins survived and went through life sort of taking turns being Elvis for various public gigs. Uh, yeah, I've heard that one. There's, you know, insane levels of details of people analysing his nose and the scar above his eye. Uh, levels of him having two birth certificates, apparently. Um, so on his first birth certificate as Elvis, they misspell his middle name, Aaron. So there's a second one that was issued a few days later with Aaron spelt correctly as a middle name but supposedly the paperwork to nullify the first birth certificate wasn't fully completed, so there are technically two legitimate birth certificates, at least, for two different children who are Elvis Aaron Presley. Double Elvis. Yeah. And then that feeds back into the films, of course, with two of his films dealing with him and a twin version of himself, uh, Kissing Cousins and Double Trouble, which obviously sets off the people who believe in the conspiracy even more. Indeed, I was just about to say, it brings a whole new meaning to Double Trouble, doesn't it? <laughs> Although, to be fair, if you're hiding the uh, the secret fact that you're a twin and you're sharing the role with someone else, unless it's being done against your will, um, optioning <laughs> two films about you being secretly a twin is a real interesting choice. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, but like, you know, if there's one way to throw somebody off a scent, it's to make it public. That's true. If I you suppose, say, yeah. oh, look, I've got a pretend twin. When in actual fact, he's going, oh, I have a twin, but I'm going to make you think I don't. Ha ha. What I love is that this what? must have been like a thing that was planned for a while, because it's not like they could just manufacture a twin, right? Which means that they must have like foresaw that Elvis was A, going to become big. B, that yeah. he'd then hate the whole thing and then be like, I want out and then I need my double. Yeah, it would uh, it'd really take quite a lot of work. Bit of foresight. Yes. Um, does anyone have anything else on the conspiracies? Oh, I was just enjoying the fact. Basically, I've got some fun little things that um, there was one that I saw where he became like a, a special secret agent. To help deal with like drugs and narcotics, because uh, he he yeah, it's a fun one. So like when he was going around places, he used to collect police badges, um, <laughs> I, which I just I think it's just great. Like he just got on like little cheeky little police badges from all the different counties and stuff that he went around to. Yeah. Um, but he wrote to uh, President Nixon, or former President Nixon, I guess, um, on the twenty first of December, which is pretty timely, uh, nineteen seventy, and um. Basically, he was talking about the rampant drug use, uh, just like he was disappointed with the way that society was going and the fact that there was so much drug use and and communist brainwashing as well. Um, so he wrote to Nixon that he didn't want like a formal title and that he wanted to become like um, a special agent at large for the like drugs and narcotics department. I, I can't remember his actual physical name, but uh, yeah. Then there's this whole conspiracy that he went down and um, brought down like a huge drug ring, and then the then the mafia put a hit out on him, and that's what it was that did it. 
Oh. Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, so, yeah, we have Secret Agent Elvis, which I just love the concept of. Just him going around, yeah. singing to different places, busting drug rings up. Now, that's yeah. a movie I'd watch. Oh, same, to be fair. I think that that would be a great plot. Uh, but yeah, so he got, um, I think he was really doing it because he just wanted the police badge um, from like the the FBI. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got one from Nixon. He became a special assistant to the SNDD. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool stuff. Definitely, definitely. So uh, did you have any other choices, Stevie, that you were contending with? For the movies, or in general? In general, for your favourite piece of media of all time. I'd have to probably go with, like Jimmy mentioned in the intro, advertisements on rally cars. Because (laughs) one one that I know you will both probably recognise, if you think back to the 90s, to Subaru, what were the three colours that there were for the Subarus? There was no three colours on the Subaru car when they used to race WRC. That was blue, gold, right. yellow. Okay. Now the bright yellow that was all over the side said 555. Now, 555 was actually a cigarette brand, if I remember correctly. Wow. And they were the biggest partner of the team that sponsored them. And obviously, everybody always recognised, wow, that's a 555 Subaru. Wow. Well, now that you say this, I actually iconic. do think I remember this. That car became iconic from, um, remember off the top of my head, I believe it was Malcolm Wilson and uh, Jimmy McRae driving them. So, so yeah, uh, <laughs> racing, especially rally driving, is obviously... <laughs> something that you've got an insane level of knowledge about. I was surprised (laughs) when you went with Elvis films and not something more sort of race-related. Well, that's true. But, But, you know, you've got got to mix it up, haven't you? Yeah. Glad glad they got a shout-out in there. Uh, Any others that that contended that you were almost tempted by? Um... Hmm... Not particularly, really. Them, them were the two. Big firm favourites. Love it. Big I'm firm favourites. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I think that probably brings us on to the most important question of the podcast. Okay. Uh, so, your favourite piece of media, as you've said, is the 1961 film featuring Elvis Presley, Blue Hawaii. Now, what I want you to do is think of someone involved in the creation of that media. Now, that could be an individual character from the film. It could be an actor. It could be a producer. It could be a cameraman. That person is going to have to fight lions. They get an hour of preparation time in which they can do whatever they think would help in order to aid them in this fight, including call in reinforcements, but they 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 only have the powers that, you know, we know them to have. 
if they are a Jedi, then sure, they can Jedi mind trick people into helping, but I don't believe there are any Jedi in Blue Hawaii. So, <laughs> no. who would you pick? And with an hour's preparation time, what number of lions do you believe they could fight? Now, obviously, I'm going to go for the king to fight the king of the jungle. Ooh, oh, so, I like this. Yeah. I reckon one-on-one, he'd have it any day. You know, you sort of throw in a couple more, he might struggle a bit. So, Elvis versus... Uh, I go with probably eight and nine lions. On his eight, own. Yeah. So... Oh. <laughs> An interesting so so with that hour of preparation time. Now it becomes He'd be difficult. Himself because, <laughs> it becomes difficult because obviously this is you know presumably taking place in about 1961. A number of our sort of more recent celebrities who've decided or who've been asked to fight some lions, our our theory was that they might tweet out to their fans, try and get some fans along. But we've only given an hour of prep time. So do we think in 1961 Elvis could get as many sort of helpers? Do we think that, you know, depending on... We, we can pick where this fight takes place. If, if we make it take place in a city, could we... Or if we make it take place in mainland America... Are those crowds going to be armed? Easily. I he feel like walk he... out any door. He could walk out any door and say, I need your help. And they'd come running. Yeah. I think that's complete truth. That's... I, I believe it. Yeah. I think People that, would die for the king. The, the interesting thing is going to be like, um, so previous celebrities have sort of tweeted, uh, even in um, our first episode, uh, the character, I can't remember the name of from Practical Magic, used a phone tree in order to maximise the number of people they could call on for help. How does Elvis call on the maximum sort of number of people to help him? Because presumably that's going to be a big part of the uh, the methodology. Hmm. Well, once again, it'd be primarily word of mouth. Yeah. You know, he... You haven't really got big news teams at that point. You do, but not instant media. Yeah. You know, so true. you know, you might you might be able to get the word out to millions by, you know, that evening, the next morning, but to say yeah, we're I not need waiting to hear on the next post. We've ASAP right now. They didn't have that. No. But like I say, word of mouth, I've been able to walk out in twenty street and go, I need your help. Come follow me. Well, you'd be a fool to decline the king. True, true. So, can you give us what you reckon the number is? Bearing all of, this in mind. Of the helpers or the oh, lions? The, the lions. So, how many helpers do we reckon we can get in an hour? We'll start with. We'll work our way to London. I reckon you could probably get a couple thousand. Couple thousand. Now, yeah. yeah, a lot of um, a lot of the previous guests we've sort of set in the place 
if we set it in Hawaii, I don't know what their sort of <laughs> gun might be hard to get a couple of thousand in an hour there. Yeah, although you know, if it's in one of the cities, perhaps the fact that you know they know he's in Hawaii and filming would aid the numbers. True. True. Um, well, you just got to think like Jimmy mentioned earlier in uh, in the film, whether at the airport. They yeah. couldn't actually mask out all the sound of the screaming fans. So, so you know, if, if they set it in Hawaii, way, mm-hmm. if they've either gone all that way or they're in Hawaii and they've come to see him, once again, all they'd have to do is turn around and go, I need your help. Yeah. If we ready. set it in Hawaii, I think we'd still get at least a couple thousand fans. How many lions yeah. do we reckon that, that, that brings us to? Hmm. Um, I'll say 200. 200 lions. That's a solid yeah. number. Yeah. Two, 200 lions for sort of... Uh, 100 lions for sort of 2,001 people in, in total. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's a, a, a fairly good guess, realistically. I think, with that. I think that's yeah. pretty... Yeah, definitely. We've had some interesting numbers over the past few episodes. We've had some uh, real guesses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, I don't think Elvis is going to come in high on the uh, sort of overall numbers in this uh, in this counting, but I think in terms of believability, I can definitely see him pulling together enough of a crowd that they could take on the 200 Lions, and not only take them on, but I think suffer fairly minimal losses for a crowd that's been attacked by 200 lions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think some I'd, people yeah. are going to be fighting to the last sort of last breath of each person involved to get anywhere near their number. <laughs> I'd like Indeed. to point out as well, like, he's got access to, like, you know, the film set, right? So he's got access to, like, the pyrotechnics that might be used Ooh. and all the other fun stuff. So he is, I feel like 200, 200 is a very realistic number. Can lions I mean, swim? I think that makes a big difference in Hawaii. <laughs> I think, I think because they're cats, I think they can swim because that's yeah. how you decide whether something swims or not is if it's a cat. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think lions can swim, but not for not very well and not for a long time. But yeah, but um, <laughs> if they couldn't swim at all, then you'd have some real advantages uh, being in Hawaii. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Well, um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Stevie. Thank you for having me. Uh, do you have any social media you'd like to plug? Anything that you'd like our visitors to check out? Um. Well, like you mentioned earlier, I'm into my rally cars, so go over to SRG underscore motorsport on Instagram. Go give that a follow. Excellent. Uh, SRG, Sierra Romeo Golf. Excellent. That's the clearest <laughs> plug we've had yet. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> if you can't find that, listeners, uh, it'll still be in the description, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to talk to you about all of that. I think we some really interesting stuff there. Yeah, definitely. My um, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Uh, If you've enjoyed the show, please do, 
you know, like, subscribe, whatever you do with podcasts. I believe you can rate them if you're listening on Spotify now. Um, if you're listening elsewhere, see what you've got. Give us a like, give us a rate, give us a share. You can do it, listeners. And um, we'll see you in 2022. Have a great new year. Yeah. Because it's already been Christmas by the time this is released. Or we release on Christmas Day. We'll find oh, out. Happy Christmas as well. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> happy Christmas. Happy, happy Christmas rainy. to all. <laughs> and to all, a good night. <laughs> <laughs>